10 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk. It's our Shop Stewards Corner uh, where we take a look every Monday at uh, what's happening on the shop floor and in the lives of working people. Now, uh, no better time than now to take a look at the lives of uh, many of the workers uh, right through from the pilots uh, uh, through to the uh, 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 handling agents uh, who serve all of us uh, when uh, we travel uh, uh, with uh, the national carrier. Well, it seems now that Labour reps at uh, South African Airways have given a mixed response to the severance package proposal proposed by the airline's business rescue practitioners uh, Dongwan and Mattison now on Friday SAA's unions received a draft settlement agreement uh, offer which was open to all of SAA's 4,708 employees that would see the termination of their contracts of employment by April 30 in exchange uh, for a, uh, a unguaranteed severance packages. Now I want to underscore that these are unguaranteed because Hulamende has said we don't have the cash, we do not have the money. Uh, at this point in time, the $10 billion that was requested here uh, to be able to help you out. And uh, we've also heard uh, that uh, uh, we've also heard about the quanta uh, of that uh, severance uh, uh, package in the proposal. So employees would be entitled to one week's pay for every year of service and also one month's wages uh, uh, in uh, lieu of notice pay. Uh, so they're going to get that one month uh, as wages, uh, I guess, uh, in replacement of any notice pay that would have been uh, due to them and uh, any pay for outstanding leave balances. And now we're to talk about this a bit more uh, from the perspective of many of the uh, pilots who work here, uh, many of whom uh, were graduates of uh, the uh, cadet program uh, that uh, SAA ran for many years. I'm joined on the line by SAA Senior First Officer, Sbusa Swangumalo, uh, who also uh, speaks uh, on behalf of uh, some of the black pilots uh, here who are have, uh, I guess, uh, organized themselves uh, at uh, SAA and are raising issues. Uh, the group here, African and Designated Group Pilots of SAA, raising issues about uh, the uh, transformation profile of the entity uh, on the back of this announcement. Babungumalo, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening to you, um, Thank you for having me and good evening to the listeners. Let's maybe start off here. I guess, uh, you know, many people would have been familiar with, uh, um, I guess, the consultation process that was underway uh, between many of your representatives and uh, the business rescue practitioners here. Paint a picture for us prior to uh, that uh, letter, which uh, received a negative or, I guess, um, a response that wasn't in the affirmative. Uh, on yeah. the part of the government, uh, what was the situation like? Uh, had th- this proposal that is now placed on the table been put to you before uh, that uh, a request for 10 billion rand had actually been denied? Okay, um, you know, when you start looking at the economics behind how the, um, the, the, the proposal has come out and has been sent out to the labor unions and the representatives, mm. uh, you start to consider that the Section 189 consultation has in one way, been uh, beneficial to some and not to most. So as these, uh, the, as the black pilots and uh, the African and designated group pilots, which obviously represent most uh, the black Indian and the colored pilots of the airline, we felt that it is imperative that the, co- the company also considers that um, some principles that are applying in terms of the Labor Relations Act and uh, the regulating agreement of the majority union that most pilots belong to in the airline would definitely curtail the progress that has been done to transform the airline. Mm, mm. And, and maybe let, let's take a look here at, uh, I guess, uh, the options that would be open to the business rescue practitioners before we get mm. to some of the, uh, I guess, contentious issues of transformation that uh, your group has raised here. Um, you know, you go to your shareholder and you say, give us 10 billion rand so we can keep this process going to resuscitate this airline. 
Uh, and the reality of it is that government has no money. Government has yeah. no money at this juncture specifically to respond to this uh, with COVID and all. Um, and when you're left with that kind of situation, what become the options uh, to keep either the brand or even the operational presence of SA alive in whatever form? You know, that's a very good question, Abonga. And um, to, to reiterate this fact that we are not cognizant of the fact, we are confident of the fact that there is no money. Government has no money. And right now, with the impact of COVID that has uh, hit the country, uh, finances will have to be diverted to extremely essential services. We're looking at the healthcare system, which is in need of serious uh, buildup. And we're also looking at social grants, which unfortunately, going forward from now, will be quite a high priority for government. And we're going to see a quite a, um, an increase in unemployment. So an option that uh, South African Airways, uh, not even South African Airways per se, but the government and the majority shareholders can consider in this case is to maybe um, form a South African Airways group that will put uh, Mango, South African Express and South African Airways into one umbrella with one board, one executive, one CEO. And then you consolidate all three and grow within all the way out. So then all the balance sheets will be put under the same uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I mean, is the Com Air option open here? Uh, I was making the case earlier on to some of our listeners that uh, British Airways, the brand on the retail side of things here in South Africa, yes, still goes to the client as British Airways, right? Uh, when you yes. go and book, you go and book at British Airways. But mm-hmm. the operating company is not British Airways. It's actually Com Air. Um, is there a scope or potential or a possibility for SAA to follow that kind of direction? Okay, so you're looking at British Airways, it's a completely different model. And sure. SAA, actually, if you try and think about it carefully, you realize that uh, the ComAir uh, slash Kulula brand is quite identical to the SAA slash Mango brand. So how I can explain this to you, you have the premium uh, package, which is your ComAir, and then your Kulula will be your low-class, uh, low, low-cost carrier. SAA has the identical um, system whereby we have... Uh, SAA South African Airways as the uh, as the uh, a premium uh, brand, and then you're going to have uh, Mango as the low cost carrier. So now this is subsequently helps in um, moving the, the cash flow between the two. So the low cost carrier will put more seats on the aircraft and uh, fly at a, at a at a at a cheaper rate mm. than the other, than the primary one. Yeah. So so. All of these options, of course, would need some money. Uh, but the question is, do they need the same headcount that SAA currently has? Oof, uh, that's a quite a very difficult uh, uh, question to answer because uh, you don't know what the 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 the, 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 the scope of what uh, the operation of Comme would be like, and um, you don't understand. We, we, I wouldn't be privy to the private information that the company would have. But um, when you look at it from from an outsider's perspective. You can see that everything is kept in-house, from mm. training to, to 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 service to cleaning. Everything is tried to be kept in-house. So the more you try and bench out and then you branch out to get service providers, that's what we have in SAA. That's why we find ourselves where we have such an extension which we link with A-Chefs, which now you have an extra workforce. Mm. And then you have SA Technical, which has an extra workforce. And our model is actually built to survive. Our model is built to survive. I like the point that you're making there because uh, what in effect you're suggesting is that over many decades there's historically a lot of sunk investments that have been made by the government 
to vertically integrate South African Airways, right? Absolutely. Uh, so so where, you're, where, where you're servicing, your repair and maintenance is being done in the same entity, your food is being supplied by the same folk, uh, right. and you're also playing at different segments of the market. So Mango plays in a different market uh, to Correct. maybe the sort of the, the core SAA brand. Correct. Now, which then raises another question, which is if we are now going down the path of jettisoning all of the uh, employees, 4.7 thousand of them, are we selling not just those employees down the tubes, but also selling the family China? Uh, And the reason why I say that is because, I mean, over decades you've invested so much, all of those investments are sunk now. I mean, the entire industry gets their stuff serviced at SAA Technical. Do you really want to sell that off and, uh, I guess, lose whatever leverage you would have had? You see, that, that's the difficult part that we also came and vocally spoke out about, that it, it would have such a huge impact economically, especially with uh, the, 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 job, the potential job losses. It's not only 4,700. So I just want to make a statement clear there, that yes. the 4,700 is only under the South African Airways mother body. I see. So you haven't included SA Technical, we haven't included SHF, and we haven't included every other business model that, gets inter- that interacts with South African Airways. Mm-hmm. Let's pause there for a second, uh, uh, Bob and also invite some of our listeners here who'd like to weigh in on our conversation. Give us a ring on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. And on the other side, we'll take a look at, uh, of course, issues of transformation because uh, one of the other sunk investments that SAA has done is uh, the historic cadet program, which has meant that uh, the likes of Smusiso are now able uh, to fly, something which uh, would have not been possible. Uh, 30, 40 or 50 years ago in the same company. And uh, we're going to be asking ourselves, does this now mean uh, the end of the transformation project in the aviation space as was led uh, by SAA? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Do send through some of the tweets as well. And let's take a look at uh, some of those uh, just rather briefly here. And Yanagatigela Ganoni on Twitter saying, uh, greetings, the current situation at SAA is heartbreaking. And sadly, those at the bottom will be the ones affected the most by the restructuring plans. The handling agents servicing the airline will also have to shed a certain number of their own employees. And uh, we'll touch on some of those issues with Smusso Kumalo, SAA Senior First Officer, on the other side of this. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. Now, I, I got an interesting and a very cryptic message uh, from uh, Sandy Lekowane on Twitter who said, can you and your guest, and I guess it was referring to Snesipo earlier on, can you and your guest answer whether or not a futures contract can go negative? Now, uh, I mean, the last time I did any analysis on futures contracts was probably at university just, over, uh, just under 10 years ago. But uh, I was asking in what sense are you referring to the price of the contract or even the position one would take in that futures contract. And I guess after a while, I realized that he was referring to oil. Now, many of you would know the oil price has taken a battering. And uh, yeah, this one for the history books here, it seems that the oil price, uh, a barrel trading now at less than $1. And this on the back of uh, challenges with storage capacity as that runs out. Now, a big story there, and I guess it's related to the conversation we're having now uh, uh, with the uh, uh, South African Airways Senior First Officer, Smusiso Ngumalo. Now, Smusiso, I mean, just your brief comment on that. Uh, you guys buy tonloads of the stuff uh, <laughs> at $1 now a barrel. Well, um, the oil price, the fluctuation of the oil price is, is, is such a, a, a difficult game to, to mm. try and understand in aviation. Yeah. And uh, it can actually make or break an airline. So uh, just a, a quick background on how it would work. An, an airline would actually... Um, not specifically speaking on, on SAA at this yes, point, yes. I'm just speaking in general, that so, an airline would try and cap its uh, fuel price, or a question, its oil price, to a certain level, then it will judge its profit margins mm. uh, from them. 
So if you go below that uh, that that benchmark, then you know you've got a higher profit earnings. Then when you go above that, exactly. then you're going to get smaller profit mm. uh, 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 profit earnings. Now picture this: the current COVID one nine scenario globally, aircrafts are parked, and the dollar and the oil price at this current point. Mm. There'll be massive profits for companies, but unfortunately, they can't. Everyone is grounded. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. the issue is that, yes, there might be a lack of storage capacity in the oil sector, Absolutely. but uh, there's many vacant seats on many of the planes uh, yes. that uh, you would lead. And maybe, yeah. Swiss, so I want us to take a step back on that issue. Uh, uh, just briefly, I mean, talk to us about your own foray. How did you made it in uh, to South African Airways? Because I think that's also very central to uh, some of the issues that uh, your organization is raising here in relation to transformation and the representation of designated groups uh, within SAA and the aviation sector more broadly. Oh, my, my story is uh, is one that's uh, quite interesting, if I can put it that way. So I uh, grew up in Protea North in Soweto, sure. actually born in Shawela Maflegini and um, grew up in Springs to Tutuza, then moved all the way back to uh, Soweto, okay. the Protea North. And uh, childhood, you know that one dream when you're sitting and you're playing outside, you look up and you just hear this roaring thunder that flies across the sky and you just look at this nice trail behind it of mm. white clouds. And I'm pretty sure that there are so many black children right now who look at that aircraft up there with the same eyes that I did. And now they can have reassurance that someone like them is actually sitting in there. Mm. So to get onto it, I continued uh, to do training and then I was fortunate enough to be awarded um, a training program scheme, a payment that will make me fly while I was in high school even. Wow. So I did microlight flying when I was in high school, post-metric uh, then I was post matric. I was fortunate enough to join the cadet pilot uh, program. Mm. So from then on, I proceeded to do my flying training in um, Port Alfred 43A school, oh, which yes. took about about 18 months. It was a process of about 18 months. Okay. And then soon after, it was quite a, uh, a very difficult time in the market then that no one was hiring, especially in the, we call it the no man's land. It's the vacuum void of post-commercial pilot's license to 1,500 hours. This huge vacuum in the market where you need uh, a, a feeder airline such as South African Express to progressively give you that experience mm. of hours from 200 to 1,500 hours. So that's where the importance of South African Express also comes in for transformation as well. But I was fortunate enough to work for a company called Solenta for about seven years, and I used to fly in... Uh, Central Africa, I mean, had ice in Zimbabwe, Zambia, flew in the Congo, Sudan, mm. Niger, uh, West Africa. So, ended so are up these in... programs still around? <laughs> I mean, is that cadet program still around? Is that kind of pathway that you've just outlined still available, you know, for other youngsters that are coming from a Shawil or coming from a Spreit or, you know, a Proti? The problem is, Bafo, it, it becomes difficult to... to, to the, the, the cadet program, okay, is, has now ceased. Mm. But now, the stepping stone that will push you through that vacuum that we just called the no man's land is an entity like South African Express or another similar government or state-owned airline. The companies that are free for one privately owned, so you are not guaranteed to be employed. It is a private company. Mm. Anything can happen, you'll be out of the door. It's unfortunate. They can't do anything about it. And that's why we need to consider the significance that South African Express has, has, has had. And then once you get up to the 1,500 mark, that's when you walk into the doors of our national carrier. Mm, mm. Okay. 
Talk to me now about uh, the impact that this is going to have. Uh, you know, this uh, severing uh, or severance packages, I should say. Uh, what impact Oof. that is going to have on the process of transformation? Because you're suggesting to me that even that pilot uh, cadet program doesn't exist anymore. And I guess the challenges from a financial perspective might warrant that. But yeah. um, I mean, wh- what does it mean to have this massive exodus, not just of pilots? Because I guess yes. you guys are, are the privileged bunch. Um, in 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 the distribution there at SAA, but Correct. you know the 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 cargo handlers, uh, some of those oh. who are also linked to your suppliers. I mean, you've got a massive network of suppliers. What's yes. going to happen to those people? So I'll quickly just parallel these two scenarios in this case. I'll start one with the aviation in general that directly affects me from this point. So it trickles down from the mother body, which is being South African Airways. You lose all that skilled. Um, uh, employed uh, black, Indian, and colored pilots who have essentially been a benefit and an investment from, from, the, from, from the airline itself and government. Just to give you figures, it takes 1 million rands to, to train someone from zero hours to 200 commercial pilot license level. Now, there's 133 of us at SAA. That's 133 million rands. That, that, that investment would completely be gone. So if the company sticks to last in first hour principle, where most of us are packed in that bottom corner. We'll be out. So now go back down to South African Express. You've got this mass exodus of guys who are senior to guys who are now junior in a feeder airline. The vacuum now gets bigger. Those guys will be probably be pushed out of the system to accommodate the top ones to come bottom. Now, if there's no South African Express, that's another vacuum for an additional group you trickle down to institutions, training institutions, that's where the black uh, majority, uh, uh, we've got a lot of uh, foundations that we're working with at the moment. Mm. And we find that a lot of black uh, um, and Indian and colored uh, candidates who are still doing the flight training, they find it difficult today in that level because it'll be basically looking up and then you see nothing. It's just mm. completely dark. So we want to maintain that line of projection because that light needs to continue to shine from sure, the bottom down sure. to all the way up. And from that CPL level, you have to look back again behind you to that little kid playing on the street mm. so that when he looks up again, he sees that light still shining all the way through to retirement. And now we shift this again on the other side, the second parallel, where you're looking at some of most suppliers that um, South African Airways has been a very a key player in employment equity and assisting in a lot of uh, black-owned businesses. The impact that will have in the economy as well. Small, medium enterprises as well. Mm. It's unimaginable. So we're sounding like we're ranting all over the place and we're just demanding this. Holistically, we look at this thing. Mm. The the impact will be devastating. My brother, we'll have to leave it there, man. And uh, we're certainly going to be watching this particular story very, very closely. And uh, we know that Noom Sasaka has also rejected the mass retrenchment proposal here. So uh, it uh, remains an unfolding drama at this point. But I uh, really want to thank you for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Thank it's you so Malo, Senior First Officer at uh, South you. African Airways. Thank you, my brother. Uh, speaking to us there, yeah. Aglulanga, aglulanga. But uh, I've got on the line uh, somebody uh, who is uh, certainly well-versed in issues of transport economics and uh, what happens across the world when uh, airlines like this. Because it's not the first time a state-owned airline has had to consider how it restructures uh, in uh, the fashion that's implied uh, by the context here. And uh, uh, I'm joined on the line by Ofensa Mukwena. He's a lecturer uh, in transport economics at Northwest University to join us here. Ofensa, good evening to you, brother. How are you? 
Hey, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm well, man. Offense, I mean, I asked this question to uh, so earlier on, and uh, I said, in the context where 4,700 people or more, if you think about uh, uh, supplier industries uh, that supply to uh, SAA in particular and some of its subsidiaries, um, in the context where, yes, that happens, right? That um, there's an agreement between labor, which is highly unlikely, but hypothetically, let's say there's an agreement. Um, what are the options that are open to an SAA to continue operating in whatever form? Because I, I guess the reality of the situation is that things are so bad in the aviation sector more broadly uh, that uh, they compound whatever historic and legacy issues SAA already had even prior to COVID. What are the options out of this crisis? Well, I think the, the first element around determining a good quality option would probably involve deciding on a mandate. Um, and that that would be the first, the, the most important thing, because one of the reasons why we're in the situation that we're in is because South African Airways has been wrapped up in this multidimensional mandate, trying to serve, you know, economic, political, and um, corporate, you know, interests in many respects. So right now, I think the first layer of the discussion would probably involve uh, partnerships. So this could range all the way from technical management contracts, performance-based contracts, all the way to traditional public-private partnerships of various segments of the airline, all the way down the line to what is largely attractive um, post the crisis, because governments want to, you know, get as much liquid as possible. You'd find a situation where privatization might be very attractive. For some um, for some stakeholders, so there is a range, a broad range, but it, the premise will will be governed by you know what exactly the airline should do, as in what its purpose would be within the context of the broader aviation um, industry in South Africa. I mean, the airline market has been um, largely distorted um, in many respects, but then some people do argue that these distortions have been quite valuable. So. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, one of the issues that were being raised uh, by my previous uh, guest was around yeah. some of the value chain considerations here. I mean, SAA is a vertically integrated player, SA Express, yeah. A-Chefs, SA Technical, Mango. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess it, it does complicate things somewhat. Yes, we're talking about SAA here, the core entity, but um, you've got many other entities in the stable. Uh, in whatever strategy one decides on, uh, wh- what options does having uh, that in your stable, uh, uh, I guess, what what options does that open up for you? Well, I think, we again, let's take like one step back um, and, and look at it as a, as a network of, um, of, of activities. So underlying all of these um, functions or these divisions, you have an organizational structure. And this organizational structure is informed by some kind of regulator. Mm. And the regulator it basically gives whoever's running the entities um, a signal about how they should do things. So it gives them incentives or disincentivizes certain behaviors. So you know, even if we, for example, would um, create 
in incentive schemes for more um, airline catering expansion or more airline catering type businesses, or we create incentives for reducing the size of South African Airways as it is now, and then we open up the market for for other players. So we liberalize it as we agreed with ICAO. Um, then those are those are different types of conversations. But the underlying principle has to do with, with the regulatory side of things. So, uh, you know, is the DPE and the DOT really going to see eye to eye about where the airline has to go within the broader context of what the economy of our country needs, which is really more access to more players mm. um, and, and empowered players, so to speak. And that's, that's, that's an interesting dynamic, at least you know, my two cents. Yeah, yeah. Offense, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you. And uh, as I said uh, to Sbusis earlier on, this is a moving target here. It's a, a developing it story. And uh, we're going to be watching it very closely. So I can assure you, not the last time uh, you and I are going to be catching up about this one. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Offense Mukwena is a lecturer at the uh, Northwest University uh, in the area of transport economics. 24 minutes it is now before 9 p.m. Now, many of you would know uh, that uh, a South African delegation arrived in Lesotho on Sunday after the Prime Minister, uh, uh, Tom Tabane, um, deployed and then withdrew the army. Now, without any official announcement, the army withdrew a few hours after they were deployed. And this... Uh